yeah, and I'm supposed to talk after that. Uh, <clears throat> should have thought that one through a little bit more. Um, no, what I want to talk about is actually one of the little phrases that he said. There was no room for them at the end. There was no room. Um, you know, as we get to this season, um, give you a little bit of background and, and just one takeaway tonight that I think can, can, can help each of us as we head into this. Um, Bethlehem is a little city outside of Jerusalem. But between Bethlehem and Jerusalem, uh, the Roman people, the Roman rulers, had, elected, had erected a place called the Herodian. It was this incredibly impressive uh, place. Um, it, it had a garden. It had mosaic and frescoes all over the, uh, the, 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 the palace area. It had cisterns and baths. It had a, a tower that stood about 120 feet tall, 55 feet in diameter. At the top of that tower, they had a cistern for water. It was an incredibly impressive palace that the, that the king or the ruler would be able to just step outside of Jerusalem and retire to and kind of enjoy kind of a little getaway place for him. And in the shadow of that place was this little place called Bethlehem. Uh, it's, it's literally the idea, Bethlehem has the idea of house of bread. And you know the story. I mean, he just told it. He just read it for us. Mary and Joseph leave to go because of the census, and they head to Bethlehem, which is where he is from, to register. It would occur somewhere between, on average, about once every 14 years or so, and they would go, and it was kind of a way that they could keep track of people and tax them and figure out who was supposed to be in the military and all of that. And so Joseph's time came, and he had to head that way. And you know the story. Mary's with child, and because of the census, there's a lot of people in town, and uh, they had to try to find a, a place to stay. Um, and um, they get to an inn. And again, in this culture, you need to understand, people often traveled, so it was customary to bring somebody into your house, but the, the house was full. Um, there wasn't any room at all. And so this owner or maybe relative or whoever it was felt sorry for him and tried to make the best of a of a bad situation and all that he could think of was you know I've got a stable out back and at least you'd be out of the weather and um you know maybe if if somebody leaves and we can get you in a place and and everything will be okay and you know the story they go into this manger, this stable, and, and again, we make it out to be really nice today, but the reality of it is, um, I don't care how nice a place you keep your animals, it's still a place for animals, and you have to take that, it was probably a cave, so it's somewhat probably damp and dark, and often the, 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 the feeding troughs were just hewn out of the side wall of the cave, so this is a place that the animals ate out of, and Mary and Joseph clean it up the best they can. And they take this little child, this newborn baby, and they place it there because that's the best that they could do. And I think it, it helps us with a lot of stories, and it helps us understand some things about this incredible Christmas story that we know about. And one of the first things I think you see is this, is that God uses the ordinary. You see, here's what I think is great about this story that we forget. 
is that the innkeeper makes room for Jesus. That might sound like a very simple thing, but I want you to think about that for a minute. The innkeeper could have pushed them away. The innkeeper could have said, you know, there's just not any rooms, just go on your way. But the innkeeper said, you know what, there's one thing that just might work. Let's try this. And the innkeeper did the best they could to make room for that little child. I think, I think there's a lesson there for us. Christmas gets pretty busy. And sometimes it can get pretty crazy with all the stuff that we try to cram in during the holidays. And as, a, as, as ironic as it is, the Christmas message, the Christmas story, which should be all about Jesus, sometimes he gets pushed so far off to the side that we forget to make room for him. And I want to challenge you that as, as you look at this story to make sure that there's plenty of room for Christ in your life this season. That Christ has not gotten lost in all of the craziness that we call Christmas. I think another interesting sidelight of this is, and again, you've got a, the Bible is full of layers, and this is one of those layers. Bethlehem is known as the house of bread. Jesus is later going to be called the bread of life. The child Jesus is put where? In a feeding trough. He begins life in a feeding trough as a source and as a way really to feed our souls and our lives forever. And sometimes we lose those deep images that we have of this incredible little story. And I just want to challenge you that as we go into this Christmas season, that first of all, you are Christ is a real part of your life, that he is the one who feeds your soul in your life, that you have a personal relationship with him. And then for those of you who are like me, You've celebrated many Christmases as a Christian. But you know that with the hustle and bustle and craziness of the season, sometimes it's easy to push Jesus aside. And before we know it, we've not made room for the one person this season's really all about. And so I just want to challenge you from this Christmas story that although there was no room for them in the end, they made room for Jesus. And, the, and, and, and this, this innkeeper that we could have never known about, we talk about every year because that's what he does. So my challenge to you goes something like this. God cares about each of us, and he humbly came so that we may possess eternal life with him. We've got to take a place. For God in our lives and our, allow our relationship to Christ to feed our soul to direct our life, and to make sure he's the important part of the season. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for the night. Thanks for all you do. And Lord, I just pray and ask that you would guide and direct in each of our lives as we go into this Christmas time, that Lord, if there's any here that don't know you as Savior, that Lord, they would understand that's what this, this day, this event, this season is all about. That, Lord, you came and wrapped yourself in human flesh as a baby to die and take our place. And, Father, for 
each of us. Lord, may you be the center of this, this time. May you be the center of our lives during this season. And Lord, may you keep each of us, Lord, from uh, minimizing it and pushing it aside and making it about so many other things. And Lord, we thank you that you are the reason and you are the purpose for this season that we celebrate called Christmas. Now guide us and use us. May we share that message with those around us. And uh, Lord, may it truly be a Merry Christmas, not only to our hearts, but to the hearts of those that we come in contact with this season. These things we ask in your name. Amen.